It's great to be back. For those of you that I have never met before, my name's Miriam. Um, I had the joy of being able to go and visit my other home uh, for a number of weeks through December. And um, yeah, back now to, <laughs> to different climates and different environments. And, um, but it is, it is a real blessing um, to be back and to be in a place that is, is home and, you know, where you can feel called to. Um, I think it's always a really um, big transition, you know, moving from one side of the world to the other. And I, but I think one of the things that, you know, in doing that journey and spending six weeks being around, you know, a very different culture, a different group of people, um, one of the things that just, you know, through all of it that just struck me again is, you know, it doesn't actually matter where we are in the world, what our culture is, where we've been raised, where we live, that, you know, the cry of our hearts as humans um, is the same wherever we go, the wrestles that we have, the challenges that we face. And, um, you know, for, for many people, I think, uh, New Zealand, you know, maybe seen as a little bit of a paradise, but, you know, just spoke to people over and over again who were just, you know, are facing deep anxieties um, about the world that they're living in, the, their financial situations, and then just in the last couple of weeks, just um, where I come from in Auckland, just unprecedented uh, flooding that we have never known, ever. Like, it's not like it's a once in every hundred years uh, kind of occurrence. It literally has never happened in living record, although in fairness that's not that long because actually New Zealand's only been settled about 150 years. So I guess it's fairly recent by English standards. But, um, yeah, thousands and thousands of people now, you know, out of their homes um, and, you know, most of us that come from or live in Carlisle, you know, know um, what that what that does, what that feels like and what the aftermath is in situations like that. And so, you know, it's um, none of us, I think, you know, whether it's the other side of the world and probably anywhere in between there and here, you know, we don't need reminded, you know, that we just do continue to live in times that are quite testing and quite challenging and difficult. Um, and like I say, whether it's been here or over there, um, in the last few months I've just really clocked how many times when I've been talking to people, you know, they've used phrases like something like, you know, the world just feels like it's gone mad. Um, you know, or things are not like they were, you know. And, you know, if you think back to, um, it was, you know, just coming up, isn't it, on three years ago, how crazy is that, that... Um, you know, we started to, to, in a sense, face that sense of, oh, you know, we're going into this lockdown. And I don't know if you guys remember, but in those very early conversations and on the news and the politicians, you know, everybody was sort of talking about, um, you know, that there's going to be this kind of um, new normal, um, you know, and we'll be sort of, there'll be, there'll be something new that we're going to have to adjust into in a different way of living. And, of course, that's happened in many, many practical ways. But I think one of the things that, you know, that we are still recognising now is that in a sense there, there is no, there's not really a sense of a new settled normal way of being. That actually if anything our new sense of the norm is the fact that things just continue to change and that we're living with a, a new 
level almost of vulnerability um, that, that hasn't settled. You know, we've not gone from one picture into a very settled and stable other picture. And whether we're talking about that, you know, sort of on a global, national level, or just in our own personal lives and the things that we are living out, you know, in the day-to-day of our own lives, you know, whether it be relationally or in our workplaces, um, the things that we're having to encounter, that, yeah, we are just getting used to that there is just a lot of new things to constantly be uh, contending with. And one of those things, too, we know is often just in the world of, you know, communication, you know, the, the, the number of opinions that are out there or that we have access to, you know, the, the voices that are, that are speaking, the things that are just coming at us at a constant rate of knots of the shoulds and the don't be like that and you shouldn't be like that, but you need to be like that. And, you know, there's just this, um, just the voices, you know, that are coming uh, across our path, often on a very daily basis. Um, and none of these things are to be, you know, shied away from because what I take so much hope, you know, in, in when we look back at the story of what God has been doing um, very much before our time and since everything began is that there really is nothing new. We might think that we live, you know, in, in constantly changing times and facing things that have never been faced before. Um, and in new ways, but it's just not true. They have been things that through the ages have happened across the world um, and in different places. So we're not intimidated by them, but we're instead what we want to be, what God is giving us the ability to do and, and to be called to be a people, that we're instead of being absorbed and consumed by the circumstances and the events and the things that we're having to, to live through. As hard as those are, you know, and we don't kid ourselves, and I know I don't need to tell you guys, you know, in your own personal life, what those things can mean for us on a daily basis when we're wrestling to do, to do this life and to do it with God. So we don't kid ourselves in that. But... What we know is that the Father is calling us, you know, as we journey in, whether you know him or you're just beginning a journey of finding out a little bit about him, what, are, what we're going to come to over the next number of weeks um, is to really come back to, you know, some of who the Father is, what he has called us to, and in that sense of, you know, where there can sometimes feel like this chaos and madness and all of this stuff going on around us, but he's got another way. So we're going to look at what is his other way that he calls us and makes it possible to live from. Because our lives, if you imagine them, are made up of, if you like, on the, if you can just imagine a circle, I don't have a piece of paper to draw it, a big circle. And on this circle out here are our kind of physical, our circumstances, our life as we live it um, in the day-to-day. And then on the inside of that, there is our soul. There's our emotions, our thinking, the things that we have to wrestle with, that we experience life through. Um, They're quite personal to us. 
um, but they are affected as well by the things that we experience in our physical and our everyday circumstances. And then on the inside of all of that, right at the very centre, is our heart or our spirit, the very core of who we are, the very place of our identity, of who we have been made to be. And so what we want to look at over the coming weeks is how do we, because we're going to live life in one of two directions. We're going to be people who either live from the outside in where we experience our circumstances and what faces us and hits us on a day-to-day and from that place that it affects everything that we experience in our thinking, our emotions, and then down into a very core level, or we can be people, and this is the Father's heart for each of us, is where we're people who live from the inside out. And so that's what we're going to take time. I mean, an example of this might be, if we were living from the outside in, you know, that, that um, I don't know, I might say something to Chloe, you know, that I really regretted, something um, unpleasant, Chloe. So I've said something unpleasant or I've had a, a, a bit of a breakdown with Chloe in relationship. So then on the inside, in my emotions and in my thinking, that gets affected, doesn't it? I start to feel guilty, And then from there, at the very core of who I am, that may become a real sense of shame, that I'm a bad person, that I'm not okay. And then it begins the cycle of then when we back go around of like, okay, so I'm going to withdraw from Chloe. And before we know it, things just start to sort of disintegrate a little bit and are no longer, you know, something that, that the father intended where it could flourish. But the other way we could come towards that is that if I'm living from that core place of I'm okay, God's forgiven me, he loves me, you know, that's my identity, I'm his daughter, and I live from that place. So when this thing happens, I don't, I don't go into guilt. I go into seeking, saying, Father, what do I do about that? You know, in my emotions and in my thinking, I process that, I work that through. How do I come back towards Chloe? How can we be restored? What could I do? What could I say? How do you want me to work that out? And then hopefully in the outside circumstances of that, you know, I make that move, I step back towards her rather than stepping away from her. And we, we experience like a million of those, you know, probably every week. There are choices constantly, um, you know, that we will go through, that we will face in, in our lives. And it, and it comes down to, you know, am I living from the inside out or the outside in? So um, what we're going to do, guys, as part of that um, is we're going to come around wisdom. So I don't know if it's something that you've looked at before, um, that you've pursued for yourself. You might have an interpretation of what you think wisdom is. Um, But we're going to take time over the next few weeks to look at it in lots of different ways and hopefully, as we go on, make it super practical you know, how do we live from a place of, of the Father's wisdom in our lives so that we can be those people that live from the inside out? So if you've uh, never read the Bible before, wisdom is something that's talked about all over the Bible, and we're going to be looking at lots of different parts of that. 
But there are also three books in the Bible that focus on it really intently. And those are the books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And in these three books, they're very different voices that have written them. They're different experiences. They're written in different ways. And so if you're looking for something to read, they're really, really interesting to start sort of digging into. Sometimes they can seem a bit weird, um, particularly Proverbs, and we're going to read a little bit of that together this morning, because they sometimes talk in riddles, or they use... um, big word, personification, where they talk about wisdom like she's a lady. And it's like we get to see this lady, but in it what God is showing us is what is his wisdom like. Okay, so if you can bear with me, we're going to read one of the chapters of Proverbs. Because I think, guys, all I'm going to do this morning is kind of try and In a sense, we're just going to start with the very big picture. We could jump into the very practical because these, these three, these parts of the Bible, if you read them, they're, they're really bringing, um, they're looking at, you know, what kind of world am I living in? And what does it mean to live well in that? What does it live, mean for me today? What does it mean in the patterns that I live in my life, the choices that I make? What does it mean for me in my workplace? What does it mean in the relationships that I live out? How I look at my finances? What do I do when life doesn't work out? And that's the thing to remember, guys, when we're looking at, you know, God's way. You know, God's way is true, but it doesn't mean when we walk in that that we don't face Lots of tragedies, difficulties, painful moments along the way. But it's beginning to explore some of the, you know, what do I do when I face intimidation? What do I do in my workplace where I'm actually facing criticism for some of the things I believe in or I'm being asked to do things that go against the goad of what I believe in? How do we deal with all of that? So we're going to start with reading... Uh, Proverbs 8. So if you've never read uh, this before, like I say, it might, it might seem a little bit strange in some ways, um, but sit back, you can close your eyes if you want, and try and imagine, because this part is, it's almost like the heading of this book, or this little part of the story is called Wisdom Calls. And so this is wisdom as though she is a lady. That's how we, we sort of kind of get to hear about her. But um, there's so much in this. It's, it's a really an incredible piece of description and revelation, bringing us understanding and widening our picture of, you know, God is not just somebody who has a few answers for us. He's not someone just to sort of pick up a few tips from along the way. So much bigger than that. So let's have a read of this. Listen as wisdom calls out. Here, as understanding raises her voice, on the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. By the gates at the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud. I call to you, to all of you. I raise my voice to all people. You simple people, use good judgment. You foolish people, show some understanding. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and I detest every kind of deception. 
My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable Sorry. than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me, insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers just make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honour as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wage is better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. The Lord formed me from the beginning, before he created anything. I was appointed in ages past. At the very first, before the earth began, I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above. When he established springs deep in the earth, I was there when he set the limits of the sea so they could not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he created, how I rejoiced with the human family. And so my children listen to me. For all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside of my home. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favour from the Lord. Guys, when we come to the wisdom of God, it is so much bigger than possibly things that we've ever thought about. It's this word um, in Hebrew called chokhmah. And it's not just a bit of good advice. You know, when we, when we come together like this, when we talk to our friends, when we sit down and, and maybe read the Bible a little bit for ourselves, um, when we talk, to, you know, this is, it's not just about a little bit of good advice. You know, this is about something that is, is goes back to its, its universe. It's like a, all things were, were created through God's wisdom. He put everything in place that was there. It's part of who he is. It's one of his attributes. And what he says to us is this might be who I am. This is all of me, but I'm making it accessible to you. It's like if you imagine a river, the wisdom of God comes, it's the very source of who he is. And you can't separate out wisdom and Jesus. And a lot of that passage was that bit was just talking there about Jesus being there. 
at the very beginning, before it all started. You know, he had this way of looking at things. It's in, in that, those words, it's like an architectural design. That he had a design for all things, both in the physical world, in our um, soul world, in the way we would think, the way we would, you know, experience our emotions, and then in the very core of who we were, our identity. And it's like this flow that's been going literally before the beginning of time. And it's, if you imagine, it's like, you know, back last year or two years ago, I had to sand our floors. And if you go with the grain of sanding, I tell you, it's an awful lot easier and you do a lot less damage. The parts of my floor that are very less than perfect now, that have digs in them and ridges and things that take away from the beauty of it are because I, I went against the grain. And I think um, back in January, Andy was talking about this and, and, and talked about with C.S., the writer C.S. Lewis says you can't go against the grain of the universe and not expect to get splinters. So when we look at over the last month, you've been looking at the, the whole thing of Sabbath, what it means when God says to us, hey, you guys need some rest every week. And you need it because you get tired. You get physically tired. You get emotionally tired. You get worn down from work as well. So you need this rhythm of, of taking time aside in order to restore your, you know, your, your sense of wellness. And not only that, actually when you do that, you probably find it that you love others around you much more easily. Um, and you move towards people in different ways because you're living from this place of rest. That Sabbath, God's idea of rest, is part of that chokmah, this kind of you know, just universal way that comes from the very being of who God is, that is a flow that he invites each one of us to join, to come and be a part of. Guys, he's saying if you work outside of this, and I don't know about you, but I can tell you the very, very many hundreds of times when I've worked outside, you know, when I've gone against the grain of what God has designed as the most beautiful way for my life to be. And when I go against that, I feel the damage of that and I damage people around me. And so his invitation to each one of us, and in a sense his call, it is a call because it, it says in another part of Proverbs, um, though it costs all you have, go after this. It's a really fierce invitation on God's part. And it's like wisdom. She's saying, forget everything else. Guys, whatever else goes on, you know, it's all part of life. It's all a gift from, from God. But, but our very being is to go after this with our whole heart, even where it's going to cost us. And I know for some of us, the cost is really great. And it's a wrestle. How do I let go of this? to follow God's way in this? How do I get in the flow of what God is asking me to do? And that can be in really big things or it can, you know, it can be in little things. It can just be in our attitudes towards people around us. It can be the things that we write on social media. You know, but, but God's invitation to us is how do I turn all that I am in order to follow and to get into the flow of all he's intended 
um, that is life-giving. And so I just want to finish by reading two other stories to you from the book of Proverbs. And they're kind of two comparisons, really, for us to sit and consider. And this might be, you know, if, if you don't know Jesus, you know, you might feel like you've never, you've never encountered kind of this thought of that there is somebody out, that there is somebody bigger than yourself, that there is wisdom out there that goes beyond your own thoughts. And it's an invitation to you. And for those of us that maybe feel like we've been, you know, getting to know Jesus over a very long time, there are still parts of our hearts, there's still parts of my heart where these two stories stand true and I have a choice every time I come in into to situations to to live from places to, to how I, I work and, and live out my attitudes. We've got these two choices, so let me read the two stories to you. This is Proverbs 7, if you're wanting to look it up. As I stood at the window of my house, looking through the shutters, watching the mindless crowd stroll by, I spotted a young man without any sense, arriving at the corner of the street where she lived. Then turning up the path to her house, it was dusk, the evening coming on, the darkness thickening into night. Just then, a woman met him. She'd been lying in wait for him, dressed to seduce him. Brazen and brash she was, restless and roaming, never at home, walking the streets, loitering in the mall, hanging out at every corner to town. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, boldly took him by the arm and said, I've got all the makings for a feast. Today I made my offerings, my vows are all paid. So now I've come to find you, hoping to catch sight of your face, and here you are. I've spread fresh, clean sheets on my bed, colourful, important linens. My bed is aromatic with spices and exotic fragrances. Come, let's make love all night. Spend the night in ecstatic lovemaking. My husband's not home. He's away on business, and he won't be back for a month. Soon she had a meeting out of her hand, bewitched, By her honeyed speech, before you know it, he's trotting behind her like a calf led to the butcher shop, like a stag lured into ambush and then shot with an arrow, like a bird flying into a net, not knowing that its flying life is over. And the second story starts, Lady Wisdom has built and furnished her home. It's supported by seven hewn timbers, The banquet meal is already ready to be served, lamb roasted, wine poured out, table set with silver and flowers. Having dismissed her serving maids, Lady Wisdom goes to town, stands in a prominent place and invites everyone within sound of her voice. Are you confused about life? Don't know what's going on? Come with me. Oh, come and have dinner with me. I've prepared a wonderful spread. Fresh baked bread, roast lamb, carefully selected wines. Leave your impoverished confusion and live. Walk up the street to a life with meaning. And I think, you know, when we come before God, that is, guys, his invitation to each one of us. In whatever we're living out in the day today, whether we know him yet or we don't. 
But his invitation as wisdom and through his wisdom and from his wisdom, his invitation is, do you choose life? Are you going to choose to come back and join and be a part of his story? Do you choose in that decision that you're making to take the path of life or like the young guy who turns away, who gets pulled aside, who goes astray and finds himself in very dark places because he's removed himself from the wisdom and the love and the beauty and the healing and the wholeness of the King of Heaven. And so as we go into to exploring this a little bit together over the next few weeks, I just want to hold that open as his invitation to us. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I know in so many of my lives I could now put in front of you lots of things to say, but what if, you know, what if I haven't lived out things relationally, you know, in, in that way? What if I've chosen to go, to be drawn aside and to go the way that's not of the Father. Well, here's the great news, eh? Is that that's okay? Because Jesus and in Jesus and the wisdom of God in Jesus and what he's done for us can make all things new. It just takes us turning and coming back into that flow and into that way of wisdom that he has. In another part in the Bible, a book called Colossians, it says this about Jesus, that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge can be found in him. So if you don't know him, guys, I would just encourage you to, to, to talk to him. That's his promise. That is the truth that he is promising you, that all the treasures of how he set everything up and how that can look and how our lives can come into that flow, all of that, all of his wisdom, it can all be found in Jesus. So why don't we just stand? Just as we finish, and we're just going to... Dave, I wonder if we could just sing that last song again that, that you played. And if we just, we're just going to give, ask the Father just to, just to take a few minutes. And I just want to, anyone in the room as well that is under the age, I don't know how many are here, under the age of 18, maybe a bit older, under the age of 25, just want to speak to you guys as well especially because, you know, this was a decision when I was 13 that I made where somehow Jesus introduced himself as the way of wisdom, that he had this, he was calling out to me and saying, this is my way if you, you know, if you want to join me, this is the way your life can go. And it's not at all been plain sailing. And I have had many things, you know, over the years that I have had to journey through and many dark places. You know, guys, there have been times in my life where I've not wanted to die but I haven't known how to live with the darkness that I was experiencing. 
But I know at that time when I was 13, when Holy Spirit came and introduced himself and said, there is another way, that in some way I set my face to join that flow. And I can declare today that he's never failed me yet. My life has not been free of challenges, but he has never failed me yet. And I want to speak that over you guys that are young people. Because I know that there's a lot of uncertainty that comes around us. And I know you stand in a world where many voices are speaking out many different things. But I want to declare afresh to you this morning, guys, if you set your heart towards wisdom's way, if you set your heart in the pursuit of a heavenly father, he will not fail you. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for each heart in this room. I thank you especially for the young people in this room. And Holy Spirit, I just want to ask and speak your blessing over their hearts. Father, where you want to show them your way, you want to make clear to them that you have them in your attention, that you hold them in the palm of your hand, that nothing can remove them from that. If they choose to wait at your door, if they hang out outside your house, ready and waiting and, and positioning themselves to receive your life, would you give them courage, Father, choose life but Father we know that it's a, it's a choice we have to face every day whether we know you right now Father or whether my heart is far, far from you the choice still for today and tomorrow and the day after that is am I going to choose life am I going to choose Jesus to come to that place of home and stand ready and waiting every day to receive all that you have to receive wisdom to receive understanding to receive insight to see what you see Father to see the things that you've intended from the very beginning that we've missed along the way Father so that we can be fully people who live from the inside out not swayed by what's going on around us, but just um, deeply aware of what you've always said, of what you've always intended, of what you have done, of what you are doing and what you will still do. So Jesus, we just welcome you afresh and we just ask you to speak to us as we close today, as we just draw near again. Father, would you take any words, any things that we've heard any things that we've felt from you this morning and when you knit them deeply into our being, Father, so that we can, Father, choose to follow that way, that other way that you have. In Jesus' name.